Welcome to episode 31 of the Lonely Van Sports Show. This is Josh Anderson, and in this episode, we will look at NHRA race number two, the return of the four wide racing in Las Vegas. Obviously, with the COVID pandemic, they did not have any four wide racing. And this was the not the original racetrack which which they had that was in Charlotte at the Zmax Raceway. Uh, when you're gonna go to Vegas, you're gonna go big in Vegas, and that's where they had it. Uh, the race number two in the NHRA was supposed to be Pomona, but because of the political nature in California, they had to postpone. Pomona they are trying to find a date for that but when you look at how tight the NHRA schedule is going to be this summer it's going to be hard to find a date for that but regardless to that race number two is going to be or was in Las Vegas uh, looks like they had quite a few social distancing but you know the fan turnout looked pretty darn good I have to say on TV, look great, and you know what? That's all you can ask for, especially when they're only doing one uh, race on Fridays and other than that, uh, two, uh, well, sorry, one qualifier on Fridays and normal on Saturdays and then full racing on Sundays. Uh, I was, uh, honestly, when I, when I originally was going to start this podcast off, I was going to go on full rant mode against the television broadcast, like kind of like I do when I uh, talk about Supercross and theirs. And, and I'll talk about a little... Honestly, when I watch the NHRA broadcast on Fox, it, it's great. I have no... Honestly, normally I have zero complaints about it. Uh, like I said, uh, the new guy is pretty dang good. Um especially when it comes to play-by-play. Tony Pepergon is, he's gotten, I mean, when he first came on and he replaced uh, Mike Dunn, I had my reservations, and it was a little bit of a rough start. But regardless to that, I was kind of going to go on a little bit of rant on how much they they overdo the, the how much four-wide drag racing really affects the drivers. And then, you know, throughout the, throughout the race especially in the top fuel division how many drive and kind of pro stock too how many drivers actually had um mechanical issues or red um had had red lights and i'm like you know what i'll tone down the rant and my rant is just going to be simply this can we Please, can can we please on on the next broadcast going in? I mean, because they're already going to have another four wide event here, in two events for drag racing. Can we please just tune down a little bit on just how difficult it is for the drivers? Please, I, I mean, I understand instead of just two cars, it's four cars, and they got a wait. I just can can we tone it down? I understand for for the telecast and everybody, it's the biggest difference in everything. I mean, when you look at 
um, NASCAR. I mean, they got the half mile races, and then they got the road courses, and then they got short track racing. I, I get that. So they got a little bit of variety. Drag racing, all you got. This is all you got. But can, can we please just tone down how difficult it is? I, I mean, I, I understand that some some drivers had some difficulties on the weekend, but for the love of God, tone down how difficult this is, please. That That's all I'm asking. Outside of that, uh, overall, it was a good event. Um, when you talk about, actually, when you talk about the broadcast in general, uh, this broadcast is typically more open. They have a lot more, they actually have a lot more time in this broadcast to do a lot more talking to a lot of the drivers compared to a normal broadcast. Um, they, they have so much racing that they have to do. Uh, that in this one, obviously with less racing, they get to do all the burnouts and all the different variety of divisions and uh, or categories, depending upon how you want to describe them. And then you have the available time to do whatever you want. So with that said, the you know they have a little bit more time to talk. Unlike in a, in a normal broadcast where they just got to go bam, 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 bam. So this one can be a little bit more organic. So when you look at the top fuel, which we'll start off with, your winner was Steve Torrance. Uh, obviously, ra- race one, he, he did not have a good first race. Uh, uh, 2020, he uh, didn't even show up. And... Uh, Doug Coletta got a good starting point with him. And uh, it was one of those things where is, is the field in trouble? Is the field going to be looking at kind of a... Uh, is Doug Coletta going to be a little bit further ahead? But in, in this fe- this year, St- Steve Torrance did show up and lost early. And those are the type of things where you kind of got to look at. You got to get keep that momentum going. But like in 2020, Steve Torrance was able to win early and often. And looky here, he already has an early victory in 2021. He was able to beat the competition. Uh, Doug Coletta was able to. Secure the runner-up, and that's pretty much he's got. He's got to be happy about that. Um, uh, for Steve Torrance, uh, he's going to have the points lead. He's going to have it 35 over Sean Langdon, and for for the field, that this is already a dangerous point. Um, if if Steve Torrance gets any type of momentum, I'm already going to declare this championship over because he's going to go for his fourth championship and this this type of a run is scary the only reason why he already doesn't have four championship was uh Brittany Forrest was able to sneak a championship away so uh this is going to be a very scary point to the field uh Doug Coletta was able to go to the final rounds um that's all you can ask for. He kind of had a disappointing first race for me, but uh, in this race, he was able to rectify that. 
Uh, he, he ran solid in all his rounds. That, that's pretty much all you can ask for. Uh, Antoine Brown made it to the final round. That, that you know, that's good for him. Uh, obviously, I, I mentioned in my preview podcast, and obviously, last round is Antoine Brown. Last few years, getting out of the first round is a struggle for him, and getting to final rounds is a better direction for him. Uh, looking at Clay Milliken. Getting to the final round. Uh, now, I understand four wides a little bit different when talking about final rounds. But you know what? You do what the categories and you do with the what you can do within the race. And they got to the final rounds. And they did. So, either way, good for all of them. They got to the final rounds. And they're moving on. So, when looking at the points for... Uh, these guys, Steve Torrance moves up to first place. Antoine Brown moved up to third. Doug Coletta moved up to fourth. Clay Milliken moved up to seventh. And then uh, that's all you can ask for for, for them. Uh, remaining points of the race um, in the semis, uh, they beat Brittany Force. Brittany Force was the best caught, one of the better cars. Um, again, Brittany... Billy Torrance kind of had a little snafu where he left early, so his run didn't count, but uh, that screwed up uh, Brittany Force's run. But uh, Antoine Brown and Clay Milliken, you know, obviously they've been racing longer in the class, so they they uh, they were able to identify that issue and had a better reaction time. But this kind of I don't know this has been a kind of a theme for Brittany the first two races where I understand this is a different circumstance, but this also applies to her her reaction time, which was slower than the other individuals. And since that was the case, she she lost. And that's the reason why she lost the last race. And that's the reason why that so far she after the first two races she's only in 10th in the points and that is an extremely dangerous place for her and I know it's only two races in and she's going to do better but obviously she has had a better car the first two races of the year and she's had possibility the possibility to win the first two races of the year, and that's kind of a, more of a disappointing aspect for Brittany Force, is where she probably should have won the first two races, and she hasn't. So we'll move on to the next race, and we'll see if she can possibly get to Steve Torrance's level or even a Doug Coletta level. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened to Billy Torrance. They didn't really talk about that, what happened in the broadcast, but uh, we'll see what, moving forward. Uh, Leah Pruitt lost in the second round. Uh, smoked the tires. Same with Sean Langdon. Uh, they kind of did a different uh, different points within the race. Uh, you think Leah? Uh, I think this is kind of a big career year for Leah. She's kind of been the top three, four, five in points. You, you kind of think with her persona, uh, fandom, that she kind of wants has a little bit more higher expectations for herself. So she kind of. To me, it, instead of just being another person in the sport, you kind of think that she wants to kind of move forward 
So she kind of needs to make another step up because, you know, Brittany did that for her championship year, and Leah has just kind of been there uh, winning here maybe a couple of races a year, but uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, next up was the first round races. Uh, Brittany had a bye, so she didn't race anyone. She had a freebie. Uh, Justin Ashley uh, had some mechanical issues, had a good reaction time, but uh, Antron Brown was able to uh, beat him. Obviously, Ashley is going to be good on the reaction time, but those mechanical issues that tend to prop up for him is going to, you know, cause, I mean, that's going to plague him probably for a championship run. Uh, Todd Patton had some mechanical issues. Uh, Maroney, I don't know much about him. Kevin Frey, don't know much about him. Greg Carrillo lost. That was about it for the, the no-name people uh, for uh, Top Fuel. Obviously, when looking at uh, Top uh, top Fuel points, uh, it'll be Steve Torrance, Sean Langdon, Antron Brown, Doug, Doug Coletta, fourth. Billy Torrance, 5th, Josh Hart, 6th, Clay Milliken, 7th, Leah Pruitt, 8th, Justin Ashley, ninth, Brittany Force, 10th. The only surprise I had, and they really did not, I, I mean, I, I was listening to the broadcast, but um, Josh Hart was not at this race, and he won the first race of the year. Uh, he might have been a low-budget team, but you'd think with winning the first race of the year that you might want to attend. I, I Like I said, I don't necessarily know what the finances are and everything, but you, you kind of would hope that you, you, you would kind of hope that um, you would show up because you won the first race, but uh, I don't know. Uh, funny car, uh, kind of a surprising victory. Uh, Bob Tasca the third. Um, Bob has always kind of been one of those drivers that has um, always kind of been a little bit of a second to third tier racer. And not to be a complete knock on him, but so far this year, uh, he kind of he beat Matt Haggard in round one, and that should kind of been in a glaring. Um, just a bit, kind of a thing where it's like, oh, wow, maybe maybe there's something there. And voila, four wide nationals, he won the race. Obviously, he he looked good. Uh, should be an, It was an eye-opener towards me. Uh, he beat a uh, pretty stacked field. Uh, Ron Caps, Matt Hagen, and Tim Wilkerson. Uh, Tim Wilkerson, if... Uh, the struggle part with Tim there was if, if Tim would have had a little bit better reaction time, Tim probably would have won that race because he, he ran the fastest uh, ET of of the quad. But uh, obviously the better driver won, and that was Bob Tasca the third. For Bob, it's the first time he's won in quite a while. It's the first time Ford's won in a long time since Ford came back after dumping John Force. Uh, for Ron Caps, uh, it's been a little bit since uh, he's uh, been in the final. Obviously, um, he's wants to win a championship since he's 
got one of the strongest cars in the field since uh, him and Matt Hagen are pretty much the only two cars that are going to be in Dom Schumacher's staple to have a chance to win a championship this year since I don't think anyone on top fuel has a chance other than uh, Steve Torrance. So, uh, Looking at the other cars, Robert Height looked good. Uh, he just uh, kind of just... Uh, Ron Caps and Bob Tasca just kind of had a... I mean, Robert had a 395, but uh, Ron and Bob kind of had good semifinal times that were just a little bit better. Uh, J.R. Todd was a little off the pace in the, in the semis, so you got to give that to uh, Ron and, and Bob. Otherwise, Robert is still looking good. Uh, John... Was a little off the pace. John Forrest, I'm talking about, was a little off the pace in the semis. And Alexa was nowhere to be found in the semis in terms of ET and speed. Uh, Wilkerson was on it all weekend. You'll be interested to see if this was just one of those races where he was on or if he can maintain this the rest of the year. Uh, looking at the, uh, the first round, Johnny Lidberg barely qualified, but he's on the privateer team. Cruz Pepergon uh, didn't have a necessarily good race, still working the kinks out of his new team. Bob Bodie, you know, 399, that was okay, but not enough that where you're going to beat uh, Bob Tasker, Ron Caps, Jim Campbell, same concept. John Force had a good first round, not a good second round. Blake Alexander, uh, good number if if anybody else is going to have any type of mechanical issues. Terry Haddock was just not much when you're going to beat an Alexa DeJoria when she ran a good number in the first round. And then uh, Chad Green, uh, that, that, that was a kind of an odd situation in that first round where uh, he was having a hard time getting the car into the right gear. And then he had a teammate or a team member pushes car into gear. Uh, it's going to be interesting. They did not uh, say if there's going to be a penalty on that, but obviously that was a big controversy in the uh, broadcast. Uh, when looking at the funny car points, Bob Tasca will take a 21-point lead over J.R. Todd. Uh, Robert Height drops the third, and then it's Ron Caps, Tim Wilkerson, Matt Hagen, John Force, Alexis DeJoria, Cruz Pedregon and Chad Green is 10th place. And then, uh, because it's going to be close in the uh, top 10 for this year, Blake Alexander, Jim Campbell, Bob Bodie, Terry Haddock, Paul Lee, John Smith are all close within that uh, 10th place. Uh, we'll see who can get that. Uh, pro stock here. Four wide, see, like, because the four wide is just so difficult to talk about because it's not the normal. See, um, Erica Enders, uh, welcome to, uh, well, my computer would work correctly. So, Erica Enders wins the Las Vegas four wide. It was a interesting event for her. Uh, she basically almost didn't qualify for the event, and when the first two qualifying sessions, she's not qualified. She goes into the final qualifying session and only qualifies 13th. And that had to be extremely uh, stressful. 
And because the first race of the season, she loses in the first round. So noting that, she's I, I understand that it's only the first race of the season, but she's down in points. And it's just one of those things where you're you're looking at yourself like, what do I have to do? I'm the four-time champion, and I'm down in the dumps. But she wins in round one, wins in round two, gets better every session, and wins the event. And it's just one of those things where you just get that confidence, you just get that swag, and you just get happy. I, and your main competition in the class, in my opinion, loses and you beat him in the second round. And you just have to be happy. It just puts a smile on your face. You get some points back. And with this format, you gain basically double points on him a little bit. So you gain at least 40 to 45 points back. Uh, well, let's just say 40 to 45 points back. Uh, and now the way this points are you're only now 33 erica anders is now only 33 points back of greg anderson and it's it's on for the rest of the season uh we'll have to see what happens uh she beat aaron stanfield and Derek kramer and mason mcgehe in the finals mason mcgehe red lighted so the one thing about this pro stock field is it's extremely it's really young and there's going to be that's why somebody like Erica or Greg can take advantage because not a lot of names and that they're going to have to build up over time and that's what's going to have to happen in top fuel and funny car overall because a lot of the aging stars are aging out so that's every Every racing field, Supercross, Motocross, NASCAR, they, they go through this. NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, every type of sport goes through this. Your stars age out, so you you, you get replacements, and eventually you, you, you find your stars. Uh, throughout the event, as I mentioned, uh, Greg Anderson lost in round two, which that let Erica Anders get closer in the points uh dallas glenn lost in round two Derek, uh, sorry uh yep Derek kramer went around two sorry kyle Kurseki lost in round two and chris mcgay lost in round two uh round one losses uh kenny delco <sighs> kind of disappointing for him he's had good cars the first two races of of the year but he's kind of it's just one of those things where he just not finding it on race day, and it's going to be extremely disappointed for him. Uh, Fernando Cujera uh, lost in round one. Uh, Val Smell, um, Smelland lost in round one. Troy Coughlin Jr., disappointed for him, lost in round one. Matt Hartford lost in round one. Christian Cordera, like I said, lost in round one. Alex Laughlin lost in round one, and Aaron Strong lost in round one. So looking at the points for the uh, pro stock class, Greg Anderson is one, Erica Anders is two, Derek Kramer is three, Mason McGahey is four, Troy Coughlin Jr. is five, 
Aaron Stanfield is 6. Kyle Krasicki is 7. Matt Hartford is 8th. Chris McGahey is 9. Dallas Glenn is 10th. And then I will say Alex Laughlin is 11th. And he's only one point behind the uh, 10th place gunner right, right there. So there was the Pro Stock class. We're just waiting for my computer to alone. Uh, I finally, after the, I am done looking at the uh, Pro Stock class here, I was able to watch the uh, um, American Flat Track series. I will go over those results as well. It was a very interesting race. But before that, let's get to uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle. Uh, it was a little, little bit of a surprising victory. Uh, Ryan O'Lear wins the race. Uh, it was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Steve Johnson had his problems. Scotty Polachek red-lighted. Corey Reed did not run a good pace. So Ryan O'Lear won the event. Uh not a name I'm really familiar with, even though I watch drag racing, but uh, good for him. I was expecting, hopefully, a Steve Johnson victory. I, I like Steve. I'm familiar with Scotty Polachek, but uh, Ryan won. Uh, hopefully, Steve was able to correct any bit of issues. Uh, overall, for the Pro Stock Motorcycle class, there it was only uh, not a lot of bikes showed up. That's kind of a little worry, worrisome for me because it's only the second race of the year. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the turnouts the rest of the year. Uh, second round, uh, Matt Smith lost. That uh, he had a. I don't know what happened with him. It was kind of a not a good uh, reaction time, and then he had a bat bike malfunction. Uh, Angel Sampe nah, bike issue. So uh, hopefully they get the bikes bike issues fixed moving forward. Uh, we'll have to see. And then uh, Angie Smith also lost. So a lot of heavy hitters lost in round two also kind of contributed to Ryan winning. Uh, Karen Stouffer uh, red-lighted in round one. Uh, Jerry Savoy, bad reaction time in round one. So you kind of look at all those different type of things that kind of contributed to uh, the reasonings why uh, the results kind of happened the, the, the way they kind of happened. So... Looking at the the points, Ryan has the points lead by 26 over Matt Smith, the defending champion. Steve Johnson is third. Scotty Polacek is fourth. Angel Sampe is fifth. Corey Reed is in sixth. Angie Smith is in seventh. Karen Stouffer is eighth. Uh, Kelly Klontz is ninth. And Jerry Savoy is in tenth. Surprising people, I did not see Hector Aranda Jr. or his father, Jimmy Underdahl, was not there. So there are just a few more people. Like I said, COVID's going on, so you don't know if uh, budgetary reasons or or anything like that is happening. But hopefully they get the, uh, hopefully people get budgets figured out so they're able to, um, basically so they're able to uh, 
figure figure things out the the remaining part of of the uh, of the year. So as I said, I was able to. Um, oh well. Uh, for the NHRA, like I said, sorry before I get to the other thing. Uh, NHRA next race is going to be April 30th through May 2nd. That's going to be the Lucas Oil NHRA Southern Nationals from the Atlanta Dragway. That is going to be the final race from this racetrack. Uh, a lot of people are going to be emotional uh, about this race. Um, hopefully, a lot of people are able to attend. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad that uh, losing another track on on the series. Uh, it's go if you can. Uh, don't worry. At some point, people are going to have to get over COVID, but uh, go if you can and have a good time uh, if you can go. All right, so I watched the finally got to the American Flat Check races that happened about a month ago, and uh, I started. Uh, Jason Wygant does the play-by-play, so sorry watching it. It was also on NBC, um, and uh, I like it. It's cool. It's something different. Uh, if they come back to Minnesota and go to Canterbury, I will go to them and uh, watch them, and uh, I'm impressed. Uh, Shane Texter, um, especially both of them, uh, she, uh, she's looking good. Uh, especially the first one she dominated, uh, obviously uh, she kind of, uh, you know, she had some pressure. The, the first one, uh, Dallas Daniels, the defending champion was right on her, but those two pace were above and beyond the rest. You could argue maybe the rest of the field was maybe, I don't know going back and forth and letting the other two uh, go away from each other. So, But the, those two's pace were completely better than the rest. So, But she was able to hold off for the victory there. So when looking at uh, race number two, she was able to hold off the entire field because her pace wasn't as good as race one. But she was able to hold off Michael Rush because... She didn't, um, Shana Texter was not necessarily able to, um, I mean, she was passed multiple times in race number two, but she was able to pass back for the lead and win. So since Shana Texter was able to win both races, she has opened up a 13-point lead over the field. And if Shana Texter can uh, keep a decent points lead or do well on the oval tracks and at least qualify for the TT races, then she has a shot for the championship. Obviously, the TT races are where the areas where she tends to struggle at. And if she can... She can do it if, uh, like I said, if she can at least qualify because that's where she tends to struggle. Uh, the Super Twins class, uh, Jared Mees, uh, didn't do well the first race of the year. Uh, Brandon Robinson, uh, a surprise victor. Uh, I didn't have him 
winning the first race of the year. He, uh, you know, sometimes in motocross, sometimes in supercross, you always get weirdo random winners. And in this case, an American flat track, Brandon Robinson was that person. So second race of the season, though, uh, Jared Mees was kind of able to muscle his way into a victory. And he has now opened up a seven-point points lead over Briar Bauman. And uh, if Jared Mees wants to win a championship, he needs to uh, do better. Uh, Briar Bauman was able to, uh, last couple years, be better than Jared. And it's going to be an interesting year for both of them because I you kind of feel that this is, the make-or-break year for Jared Mees if, if, if he has any career left in in the championship. So uh, Briar Bauman had a better race in the uh, race number two, first race of the year, was uh, pretty much god-awful. God uh, Brandon Robinson won the first race of the year, as I said. Uh, second race of the year was not that good. But uh, obviously flat track. Flat track's fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, uh, Ryan Sipes of the motocross fans, uh, he is supposed to do the Atlanta race, which is coming up shortly. Uh, the flat track races are uh, on NBCSN when they are on TV. I'm not purchasing that, uh, um, American flat track pass. I, I hate these passes. I understand it's a way for organizations to make money, but sometimes it, it, it was free on Facebook and I wish we can just go back to being free, but. Uh, not obviously that is not always going to be the case um the twins are sucking now so i i no longer want to do a podcast on them anymore because it just until they start doing better but we'll see how that happens uh my upcoming podcast schedule for here um as soon as i get done uh the mortal Kombat movie comes out tomorrow i will watch that uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season finale or series finale comes out tomorrow. I will also watch that. So I will have a review of that. I will have a review of the Mortal Kombat movie. I am almost done with the Titan season one and two. Review of that. Justice League Snyder Cut. And then Supercross round 16. And then I will also have a review of the Twins. Uh, it has been a disaster for the Twins starting point this season. Uh, a season that started off with promise is kind of going in the toilet, which is extremely frustrating. Also, the NFL draft is very shortly coming up. I really hope the Vikings are able to at least get the offensive line adjusted. So, uh, Vikings, get your offensive line sorted out. Uh, NFL, uh, NFL came out with some rules. They uh, adjusted their numbers, so you're going to see a lot of players with the numbers adjustments. I think Dalvin Cook uh, came out with some news today that he wants to go to number four. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of more of a traditionalist, but obviously when you watch college football, numbers are all over the place, so I guess you kind of like just let people do what they want to do. Um, so, yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening, and uh, see you later.